0: Your turn to be afraid Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night chills up the spine paralyzed by fright thrilled by horror at the center of a chat then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast Thank you very much for joining us on Nerds from the Crypt the podcast where we review your favorite and sometimes not so favorite horror movies series books and much much more I'm your host Saul Unfortunately, Greg is not able to join us here today. Um, but once again, I do want to thank every single one of you for bearing down, um, bearing with us while we went on our longer than usual hiatus. Uh, it was a little bit more than a, a little bit more than a year, but we're back. And um, like I said, we're going to be working on getting a great lineup of interviews with uh, horror creators, just like we're going to be doing today. Uh, joining us today is Ms. Aviana Snow. How are you Hello. doing today?
1: I'm really well. Nice to meet you, and thank you for having me on your show.
0: Well, thank you for for joining us. I know this is uh, you're joining us from from across the pond. From
1: I'm in uh, London at the moment. Yeah, uh,
0: you are officially the second person. Uh, second, yeah, second person from London, actually. Really, um, who was
1: the first?
0: Lyndon White. He's a uh, he's a comic book uh, or graphic novel creator. Oh my that... goodness!
1: So I have to live up to Lyndon White.
0: <laughs> um okay i, I would uh, look at if if you're joining us for the first time i would look up that all those episodes too as well those were great episodes he's actually been here a couple of times
1: <laughs> oh god he's a repeat guest so i've got a lot uh, yes, to live yes. up to <laughs>
0: <laughs> i want to thank you for for joining us. i know that, uh here in the united states usually it's a it's a morning saturday morning kind of thing or where we get up to record this but for you it's kind of the middle of the day where you have to make sure to
1: it's, it's about two o'clock in the afternoon now, but that suited me actually, because I had a lie-in this morning and then I woke up and I had coffee and I got slowly. It takes me a few hours to really wake up on a Saturday. I don't know about you, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not a morning person, to be honest with you. So I'm actually two o'clock. It was, was quite um, suited me.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm usually not a morning person, but usually when it's for the podcast, I can usually get myself. Oh,
1: <laughs> bless you.
0: Yeah. But yeah, let's um let's get a little just a little bit about you here.
1: So I'm an actress. Um, I work mainly in independent film, um mainly sort of a British made independent film, and uh, I've been very lucky and blessed to work with some amazing people. Um, and I've kind of found a bit of a niche in the horror industry. Um, I mean I've made you know, many different things over the years, but I've always kind of come back to horror. And I think a lot of my sort of favourite work and my best work has been within that genre. So, um, yeah, I feel I was just, I mean, literally last night I was at the Romford Horror Festival, which is an amazing um, festival of kind of all things horror-related, which is just in East London. So I'm in West London, so I have to trek across the length of London to go to this festival. But... um, (laughs) You know, it's it's a wonderful atmosphere. You get to watch screenings of horror films from all over the world. Um, I've been going for a few years, so I now, you know, when you walk in and you nearly know everybody in the room, and you've, I've got friends there, and it's just a beautiful community.
0: You know, that's one thing that uh, I have have not been able to do here lately, is actually get up and go to a a horror con or a convention where you know you can get to meet a lot of different people i'm hoping to be able to do that very soon so um, yeah
1: it makes a difference doesn't it whenever you're kind of watching stuff together it's that kind mm -hmm. of communal element that we're kind of losing because so much content now goes on netflix and then you just sort of watch it alone in your room and you don't get (laughs) the sort of group experience of going to a cinema
0: yeah and you know i would rather get in a in a big room with people that have never seen a movie even if it's a movie that i've seen many many times if i'm showing it to them for the first time i like to sit there and and watch it with them and just see how they react that's the thing do that. it's
1: the it's the reactions from other people as well especially mm-hmm. with horror if everyone screams at the same time or you know it's like <laughs> a communal thing
0: mm-hmm. that's the, my, my wife is is uh, not a very big fan of horror
1: Oh, and no, and like you're ho- married. Despite like having <laughs> we're, totally different tastes.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're like totally different people. And every once in a while, she'll, she'll uh, watch a horror movie with me. And if it's a movie that I've already seen, I'm always just like looking over to see what... So you just you know, watch
1: her rather than watch yeah, the movie. Yeah, to see what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and what funny thing is, like I said, she's not into, into horror. But a couple of years ago, we went to see the uh, Halloween movie. The, the reboot. Yes and at the Did end of the like movie it? <laughs> she, she loved it actually
1: okay
0: she, she's actually more into slashers than into uh, like just as long as it's not like possession and all that um
1: ah.
0: but her uh, her apple watch actually alerted her and is like are you okay your heartbeat is re- beating no faster way. than usual <laughs> oh
1: my goodness that's funny
0: and i i, I like i love telling that story cuz she likes telling it story too cuz she's like no <laughs> um I don't want to do that again. But then we go to watch the other Halloween movie or whatever. So she really does like the slasher movies. It's more of the of the possession, spiritual kind of right, thing that Yeah. They're not deal with. Let's talk about about your a little bit more about yourself right now. What um got you into into acting?
1: Oh my goodness. Um. I get I mean I think I was quite a kind of shy, quiet, bookish, introverted kind of child, and I didn't have a lot of friends and I think a lot of um children who are like that you kind of look for a uh, something else to fill the void and you so um and I ended up i kind of went toward the theater um and the theater always gave me a kind of solace uh and just you know somewhere to go on a, on a Saturday afternoon when you know if you don't have any friends you have nothing to do on a Saturday afternoon but if you go to the theatre or go to your local drama club then suddenly you've got a place to go and people who are forced to talk to you <laughs> and um, <laughs> no um I don't know I've always liked uh yeah I, I got involved with um like local drama groups um where I grew up just kind of children's youth theatre groups mm-hmm. and then um I think most people kind of grow out of, grow out of it. And at a certain point they kind of grow up and become adults and get a real job. And I still haven't grown up and gotten a real job. I just kind of kept going. So I um, applied when I was 17, I applied for, I think every drama school in the UK, more or less. Um, and there are more and more of them every year. Um, and just auditioned absolutely everywhere. Like anyone who was holding an audition, I was there. Um, and I, I think my train of thought was, if I just audition everywhere, then surely one of these people will, will offer me a place, right? <laughs> um, and I was lucky to get in. Uh, I went to drama school in Manchester and then uh, went to London to try to find acting work um, and again spent the first few years just applying for literally anything under the sun. Um, I mean, I have so many crazy stories of auditioning for... Weird adverts involved. Oh God, I didn't. I had an audition I, where I had to pretend to be something called a kitchen ninja. What, what is a kitchen ninja? You may ask. Well, it's somebody who makes food or does chores in their kitchen, but in the style of a ninja. So I have a videotape of myself making toast using karate moves and sort of.
0: Oh, nice.
1: I mean, you know, just <laughs> this kind of nonsense for years. Um, but I had to go through that in order to find. The right people and find my community um so yeah i'm kind of i have i do fewer of those ridiculous auditions nowadays which <laughs> makes life a little easier to you know to get through the day without having to work out how to be a kitchen ninja
0: <laughs> i, but, I have, a few, uh, have a couple of friends who are her are, are actresses and actors uh, yeah. and like, they're usually sharing like all the ex- it's insane amount of of uh auditions they have to go through just to get like one role and I'm like, man, that looks exhausting.
1: Yeah, and I mean, sometimes it can be several, several different rec- recalls. You go in for like a first and a second and a third, and then you know, at the end of all that, you've only booked. Sometimes the role only has two lines, and you think it's hardly worth. I've spent more time auditioning for this than I have actually spent doing it. But um, this is this is the life we chose. So <laughs> <laughs> nobody forced me, so I can't complain.
0: Well, what was the the first? Uh, I guess what you would consider the first big, big thing that you did.
1: I mean, I don't really feel I've done a big thing, to be honest with you. I've, um, I mean the first kind of maybe thing that people respected, um, I think maybe white collar black, which was a, a very good film, um, which I made in 2016, I want to say, um, which um, was a very beautiful story about a man kind of going back to his roots and finding himself and finding meaning in life. Uh, And I didn't have a very big part in it. I I played um, (laughs) during one of the early scenes when he was um, living a debauched life in London. I was one of the women, the debauched women that he was debauching with. (laughs) So, um, you know, but uh, it was, I think, the first time I did something, which was um, working with people of that caliber. Um, and the film was shown at the BFI film festival, which was a big deal. Um, you know, I mean, it's a big deal for me, certainly, you know, Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and, uh, went on to get a cinema release and it was shown in all the cousins in the UK. And, you know, that was kind of the first, I suppose, sort of, not the first real film I made, but the first film that had any kind of, um, success or, or, or was considered, um, you know, had had artistic merit, I suppose.
0: Looking at your IMDb page, just from 2016, 2015, you've done quite a
1: bit of work. <laughs> well, I mean, God, I try, you know, I try to keep busy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I keep going and I, I'm i happy to work with different filmmakers and, and just see what different people come up with. Um, and then there are some, you know, people that I've worked with and had a great time and I go back and I work with them again. And then sometimes, you know, you try something, you do a film and you think, well, ooh, maybe, maybe I won't work with those people again. That wasn't so successful. But you have to try in order to kind of work out, you know, what works.
0: Is there a specific type of role that you kind of gravitate towards?
1: I mean, it's I don't have a great deal of choice at this point in my career. So, you know, it's somebody like Meryl Streep can kind of choose which role she wants to do this year. Whereas, you know, the rest of us don't have that luxury, really. It's kind of whatever's being made, really. But um I would say that my preference is kind of, I know everybody says this, but I like strong women and I like women, women with a brain, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. and thoughts in their head. Um, and I think it's, we're getting better at that sort of thing. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, because, you know, it, it's, that, you know, and well, I think horror has always been quite good for that because horror has always featured, you know, there's a sort of final girl trope, Mm -hmm. So it's, um, you know, and horror has often had this kind of strong leading woman in in the leading role. Um, But then, you know, elsewhere in the industry, there's sort of, there's a lot of kind of bimbo characters and there's um, female characters that are only there to kind of serve the male lead because he needs somebody to emote at in a certain scene or, um, you know, um, but you kind of have to, you keep searching and trying to find, you know, something with more meat on it.
0: I feel like horror has really kind of been doing a, a lot better job—not only in, in writing female characters, but showing that they can actually stand up to to the villains and and survive—not because not because of luck, but because of their own ingenuity.
1: I agree and I think if you kind of look back through um, the history of horror films that has quite often been the case um, whereas other genres are kind of slowly catching up to something that horror has mm-hmm. actually been doing for a long time so it's one of the things I like about the genre
0: and it's a great way Johnny Depp he started off in a little film that no one thought was going to be a big hit and and all of a sudden he's a, a, a star you have a lot of diff- different actors and actresses who started in horror but all of a sudden they they become a, a hit even like ryan uh was it uh yeah i think it's ryan was it ryan gosling who started off in the goosebumps um oh,
1: really i didn't know that um i mean i think a lot of directors as well their first feature was a horror so it can be a great kind of way into the industry for people yeah
0: did you ever watch uh the goosebumps series don't you know what that is
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of slightly before my time, but it was a TV <laughs> show, wasn't it, with sort of a yeah. spooky story every week.
0: Yeah, yeah, based on based on the 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 books, the children's books. Uh, I and actually, it, grew well, like,
1: I kind of vaguely recall. <laughs> were they all sitting around a campfire or something, telling stories?
0: The other one, that's the other one. That's uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark?
1: Oh, Okay, sorry. And I believe, actually, <laughs> forgive actually, me, my knowledge know. <laughs> is not so good. Uh,
0: there's actually been quite a bit people that come out of that too. But uh, Ryan Gosling appeared in um, a episode of Goosebumps, uh, "Say Cheese and Die." Uh, <laughs> it talks about a, a about a haunted camera. That was, okay. his, I believe, that was his his first thing that he did. And look, look what he's doing now. So it's yeah. you know, little little things that you that you may not think is a great big deal uh, can very much turn out to to be your very first one, <laughs> very first mm-hmm. big role. The Film that you were screening last night uh, was yes. uh, video shop tales of terror
1: yes uh that's right um it was uh, the screening was lovely last night and it's lovely to watch the film kind of surrounded by friends and kind of mm-hmm. well-wishers it, it is a very supportive community so, and they're, so they're a great audience and they really react you know they gasp and they laugh and then that's what you want <laughs> from an audience um so the film is an anthology Um, I don't know how you feel about anthology films. I love anthologies. uh, Yeah, because some people love them, some people hate them. But um, so it's six kind of shorts um, with kind of uh, obviously the device, the kind of through line is that they're all set um, within the video shop. Uh, And Danny Thompson, who's a great um, British actress, kind of is uh, she appears in in the wraparound story, and then also she pops up playing different roles within some of the short uh, films. Um, so my uh, segment is called vergessen and I really enjoyed watching it last night. It was the first time I'd seen it kind of on the big screen, and it had such a beautiful, lyrical, operatic quality. There's no dialogue. It's all, uh, the sound is all classical music from beginning to end beautiful pieces Bach and Wagner and lovely music and it gives it a kind of dream-like quality a sort of like a fever dream or something and Mm -hmm. it's so it's set during um the 1930s in Berlin Nazi Germany and it's based on true events it's a true story about um women uh in that time, were forced to work in brothels by the Nazi government uh, to collect information. So the women were working as spies, essentially, the bedrooms were tapped, and they were trained to kind of try to elicit information from the men. Um, and it just it shows you kind of what those women went through, how they were treated. Uh, and in our story, the women kind of try to escape, to kind of overthrow their oppressors, so it's got a kind of feminist angle as well. Mm-hmm. Um and it, yeah, I just I thought it was beautifully, it's it's beautifully edited, beautifully put together, beautifully shot. Um Michael Fausty was the writer and director, and he's just, I don't know how he comes up with these ideas, but they're um yeah, it's it's a lovely, very human story. Um and it presented in a kind of lyrical, dreamlike way. Um yeah I mean I was really proud of it and I, and I thought it looked beautiful on the screen last night and it's it's good as well it's you know it's nice to kind of feel that you're telling an important story because I think a lot of people don't actually know that about what the women were forced to do in Germany. Um, I mean I, I didn't I didn't know about it until I started reading whenever I got this part um, so it and I don't know of any other kind of big films that have told that story so it's I felt a kind of responsibility to those women to try to tell it well. Um, You know, because when you're dealing with something like that, you've got to do what I wanted to do them justice, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and then but, some of the other segments are more kind of comic than ours. So the tone kind of varies and the aesthetic varies between the shorts, which I think is a good thing because you're getting yes. different visions. There's six different directors, you know. So one of the other pieces is a film noir kind of detective story, which is oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ones which are quite comic. There's a guy who wakes up and he has an egg for his head. He's like an egghead. <laughs> so, like, that's totally. That. Oh, have you seen it? Yeah, totally different tone. You know, totally different.
0: I saw the the uh, they're, they're, they have the, on YouTube. They have this behind the scenes. Oh, and uh, you saw it. the egghead. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a lovely kind of group effort, um, and the number of people involved is just it's huge. I was looking at the credits last night. The credits were nearly as long as the film. Thank like, goodness, me, what a lot of people. <laughs>
0: Well yeah, I would imagine every every single segment has its good a uh, good uh what's it called? a uh, number of, of people working on each one.
1: Well that's the thing. So you've got like six directors, six crews, six casts, six so everything like multiplied mm-hmm. by six. So um but you know, we couldn't have made it without the support of um people like Spencer Hawking and Sing Lal who produced it and Spencer's very generous, he allows a lot of shooting to happen for free in his, he has a space in Romford, um, a kind of old disused nightclub, which you can dress obviously to look like different things, I mean we dressed the bar to look like Nazi Germany and other people dressed it to look like a doctor's office or whatever, um, and it's kind of, when you're making films at this budget level, you really need the support of people like that who will champion uh indie filmmakers who don't have mm-hmm. the big budgets um but still want to make work
0: i've always um, loved watch- watching independent films yeah um, mostly they've been they've been american independent films that i find mm-hmm. around here but the reason why i like independent films is they usually try to go out of the box you know they don't they don't stick to the same conventions as in some of the hollywood movies they they try to go out they try to go out of out of the box and they're usually uh, passion films or passion shorts or whatever you want to call it to, you know, they've been wanting to do this for a while. So maybe some of them from some little kids. And like you alluded to earlier, some of these directors that are, that are doing these independent films sometimes end up being these great big, uh, big director uh, stars in the future, just like um, last week. The, well, the episode we released last week, I actually recorded about a year ago before it got released. Oh gosh! But it was right. about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre
1: Oh and
0: the the new one. And the director is actually one of um one of the, my friends from high school.
1: No way! Uh, really?
0: Yeah, yeah. And oh my goodness! I'm, and and during that episode, I'm like, you know, some people might be asking like, why did they get this this director who no one's heard of, or who, if people who have heard of him, it's not like it's not a big name yet and i say yet because oh, yeah. just like very very much like back in the day in the 80s and even before that these directors were given their shot by doing these independent horror movies
1: well you know i think the thing about it is you can afford to be creative because mm-hmm. there isn't quite so much money on the line when you do the very big hollywood big budget studio films there's so much money at Mm -hmm. stake because they've spent millions on it and it's got to make the money back and what that means is it's got to be a safe choice all the time it's got to be Mm -hmm. named actors that people recognize it's got to be a formula people recognize it's got to be you know they can't afford literally financially to take any risks um Whereas I think when you're not working under the constraints of a big studio, when you haven't got all these investors with millions that, you know, waiting for their money, you can afford to try something experimental. Um, And also, you kind of, that's what we've got to offer. You know, we, we can't compete with, you know, on a budgetary level, we can't, you know, if I try to do special effects on a low budget film it's not going to look as good as avatar because it just isn't i haven't got those resources what i can offer is something quirky a new viewpoint um i can try something something new that you haven't you know i can do a bit with a guy with an egg on his head or you know and i can you know you can offer that's what you offer when you're independent it's something different
0: you've also worked on other other films uh, like 2022
1: lola Yes, um, I was very lucky to get involved in that because that's another really, really good film. Um, It's about two sisters, uh, again set in the 1940s, I think, uh, who invent a machine which can interpret messages from the future. And they use this to aid in the war effort. And it's it's very fun it's very rollicking it's got it's beautifully shot the whole thing's shot in black and white and a lot of it is kind of found footage because one of the sisters has a camera and it's so it kind of alternates between footage that she has shot herself on her camera and then other footage um the music is fantastic um there's because they can interpret stuff from the future there's a lot of like David Bowie in like 80s music which, which you don't get in wartime films so it's kind of it creates an unusual kind of feeling
0: and then I think David Bowie's music kind of like even if even if uh it doesn't fit the the period it kind of gives you that kind of what is it what is the word like airy kind of feel like uh it hits you different I, I don't know how to how to explain it
1: yeah no it, it gives it an energy and it gives it yeah, there you um go, yeah. yeah yeah precisely um so uh yeah, it's, uh, I, we were lucky that um, it's been doing the festival circuit and it's been very warmly received. Um, it did Fright Fest uh, last year, which is a big um, horror festival here in London. Um, and it did uh, kind of Locarno, Edinburgh. It's, it's in Dublin at the moment, at the Dublin Film Festival. Um, and I think it's going to have a theatrical release later this year. So I'm excited for people to see it. Um, and I think it deserves that bigger platform
0: oh it definitely looks like a a great project uh i'm looking at the stills right now and just the premise itself seems pretty. it's
1: unusual and it's kind of original um and i love that it's about kind of two strong women and the main focus i think is their relationship with each other which i also think is nice because often the main focus is her relationship with a man and Mm. i like that actually this is about relationship between two women uh, as the kind of center of it.
0: Okay. So I see that there's a a movie upcoming movie called how to kill monsters uh, directed by Stuart Spark and starring Lindsay Crane. Uh, Yeah. What do you, what can you tell me, tell us about that movie?
1: So I had an awesome time on that movie fighting puppets and just (laughs) having a a wonderful time. So um, Stuart and Lindsay are lovely. They're a husband and wife team uh based in uh, north england uh i filmed my part in leeds um and it's a really it's good fun it's a kind of dark comedy um lots of practical effects which i think is really fun because today so much um when you make horror films nowadays a lot of it is kind of done in Mm post-production so you film your bit and then they go away and play with computers and make it look scary whereas uh filming this um a lot of the kind of tricks are actually done on set there on the day in camera, um, which is nice as an actor because it gives you something real to work with rather than having to sort of look at a green screen and imagine a monster, you know, you have something physical in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be good fun. It's about um, Lindsay is, I better not say too much, but uh, she survives a sort of massacre and then has to kind of, well, it starts with her in the police station, kind of piecing together what happened. Um, so this is
0: a a sequel.
1: Yes, it's the sequel to uh, Book of Monsters, which was the the first the first one a few years ago.
0: The poster for for this uh, film for How to Kill a Monster, I, I don't. It kind of uh, reminds. It's Lindsay me of, holding
1: a chainsaw. I think. Yeah,
0: it, it reminds me <laughs> of. It really reminds me of, uh, or it harkens back to me firmly in my my brain when I saw it to the Evil Dead with Ash and the Chainsaw. I
1: I love it. I love that reference. Um, And I think she's kind of dressed a bit, she's dressed as Little Red Riding Hood whilst (laughs) holding a chainsaw, which is a a beautiful juxtaposition. Um, Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see it. We shot my bit. um, Well, my bit happens in a kind of log cabin in the woods, Um, but they built uh, a log cabin in the woods uh, inside, on a kind of a set on an indoor mm-hmm. um, studio space, which made my life a lot easier because usually I have to actually go out physically into the woods and get cold. So uh, <laughs> I was greatly heartened to hear that they were intending to build a cabin inside.
0: I mean, the synopsis for this is that you're you're they're fighting monsters from another dimension. The mm. poster, the they do very look very much uh, Lovecraftian. Um, see a lot yeah. of tentacles, a lot of just these monsters with just these different types of, uh, uh, uh that kind of reminds me of, uh, the mist, uh, kind of, uh, I don't know if you've seen that one, Stephen King's the mist.
1: Yes. I love Stephen King. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it, it's, you're right. It is. I mean, I'm trying not to give away too much of the plot, but it's, uh, <laughs> it is influenced by, um, Lovecraft and those kind of, oh. it, absolutely. You're, you're quite right with that reference. Um, yeah, I, well, again, I'm probably not allowed to say this, um, my character summons uh, a monster, kind of half by accident from another dimension, and then uh, we all have to cope with the um, consequences of that rather reckless action uh, on my part.
0: The alternate or the main poster that I see here, both of them look amazing. So, um...
1: the artwork's beautiful. Yeah, really, really good.
0: Do you know when that is supposed to to come out?
1: I think it's the latter half of the year, so I think it'll be sort of after June. That kind of, yeah, well, that's what, I think that's what the aim is at the moment.
0: And most of these, uh, the, the film that you work on, they, they release as part of a, like a film festival or do some of them go straight to yeah, the I mean, Um
1: No, I think it'll definitely have a festival run. Book of Monsters was a hit at Fright Fest a couple of years ago. Um, I was chatting to Paul McAvoy last night, actually, because he made the trek out to Romford as well. It is nice. We all kind of support each other. mcavoy runs fright fest and sort of programs all the films here in london and also glasgow now they're branching out um so it's i think it'll definitely do a a fright fest run um which is great because you know everybody wants to see it on the big screen yeah i mean the nice thing as well about at at romford they always have a kind of 20 minute q a with the filmmakers after the screening and you can ask questions and get a sense of how it was done and what they were thinking and what they were aiming for. And that's interesting for people like us who kind of, well, either, you know, have an interest in it or you work in that industry. Um, and it, it's that kind of nice intimate moment with the filmmakers afterwards. And also mm-hmm. it just kind of shows you that they are actually real people because sometimes it can feel so inaccessible, you know, you, you but hmm You know, you think, oh how can I make a film? You have to have all this money and you have to be famous and you have to have this and that. And when they actually come out on stage and just sit down, you realise, oh actually there's just a normal they're just normal people. So and it kind of makes well for me anyway, it makes it all feel a bit more achievable. One
0: movie I really wanted to talk to you about, because I, okay. I <laughs> saw the uh the preview or the trailer to this right before we, we actually started we, we started filming it was uh, A Lockdown Hunting.
1: Oh yes. People always want to talk about that, so I'm am pleased people must like it.
0: <laughs> I had push I had push I push play on the trailer and then I was like trying to, you know, finish setting up and all that and I hear the voice and I'm like, wait, is that Tony Todd?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Himself.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I was like, oh wow.
1: I regret I did not meet Tony Todd. Um one of one of my many regrets in life. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that was shot actually during the lockdown of twenty twenty. And um, here in the UK, I'm not sure what the situation was in Texas, but we were all actually locked down. And um, you were not you're allowed to leave your house, I think, for 30 minutes exercise per day. And you're allowed to sort of go to the grocery store and buy some food. But that was it. Um, and Howard Ford, the director, is a very kind of resourceful, creative chap. And he was thinking, you know, what can I do under these circumstances. Um, And he was, you know, we had these conversations, he said, you know, I was thinking about what are people feeling at the moment? It's a lot of anxiety, it's a lot of trepidation, it's a lot of kind of worry about the future. And how do I translate that into a film? And he came up with this idea of a serial killer who's preying on young women that are all living alone because they're in lockdown, and they can't Mm -hmm. kind of reach help or reach family. Um and he got round the well, we filmed it by actually going to the actors' homes and filming them uh in their own in their own home. In that so, lockdown. <laughs> yeah, li- literally, because obviously yeah. we couldn't legally you couldn't um have people I think there was was it two feet or three feet you had to be away from each other at all times. So you couldn't have a, a big set with, you know, a big crew of people all together in the one space. Um so he got around it by he was driving around the country filming actors in in their homes which meant that we weren't breaking the what you call the social bubble um yeah uh
0: that's that's what i was talking about earlier how because it because it's in the you're able to do some of the thing like this because you know you have to figure a way how to do it right um and they could have waited but you know you have to sometimes work with what you're able to. You have to work with what you've got,
1: and it mm-hmm. forces you to be creative. You're forced mm-hmm. to think outside the box because there's no, you know, no way around it. Um, and it was a good example of everyone kind of pulling together in that sort of wartime spirit of, um, you know, we'll get through this and we'll get this made, uh, and we did it. And um, and you know, and I think it's probably mostly down to Howard uh, and his kind of ingenuity. Um, you know, I still remember him pulling up to my house with his car absolutely filled with everything under the sun from cameras, lights, props, weird bits of string that he tied around the door handle. Because there was a shot where he wanted the door to open um of its own accord. And how do you do that? Normally, you'd have a crew, but there was just the two of us. So we had like a little bit of string and poor Howard had to like hold the camera, hold the boom, pull the string at the right point and... You know, but you just make it work.
0: Let me uh, go back to a little bit of your of your background. Did you grow up liking horror, or is that more of just a, a thing that's recently happened?
1: I think it's something I've grown into over the years. Um, when I was young, I was very, I would say, I, I, so I studied theater as opposed to film acting. Um, and theater tends to be quite text-based, so uh, I think that's the main difference I've found between working in on the stage and working on the screen. Theatre tends to start with the text, with the actual words, and then having gotten the script together, you sort of look around and go, "Okay, how are we gonna how are we gonna do this? Where where shall I stand?" But you kind of start with the words. Whereas film, I think, starts with the visual image. Quite a lot of the time, the director will start with an idea about. I don't know. I've got this great visual idea of a hole in the ground and a monster coming out of it, and then you sort of and they work out how they're going to film it and light it, and and then then the script comes. At that stage, you go, okay, are these actors are going to say something. What are they going to say? You know. So, um, my background uh, was kind of theatre based. I did a lot of Shakespeare when I was younger. Um, okay. you know, my first job was was Shakespeare appearing in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, and then I slowly, I started auditioning for films, booked a few films, then it became easier to book more films. Um, and I've kind of found my way into horror. And as I've started working more and more in horror, I've watched more and more horror and I've come, you know, I've found that love for the genre.
0: I've, I, I, I gotta tell everybody this. I've been uh, watching horror since I was like three or four years old. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean some people have that's the thing and yeah. some people their depth of knowledge is actually much greater than mine um in terms of like the breadth of, of horror films they've seen
0: I, I even then i i don't feel like i've um watched the the majority of the the greatest horror films i'm, I'm still looking out there looking for i feel like
1: you that. must have you must have by now right <laughs> like <laughs> you've been going since you were three yeah uh
0: the the thing that got me started because I actually grew up in deep South Texas, which is closer to to the Mexican border.
1: Really? Um,
0: oh, and, and my, my mom uh, is from Mexico, so oh wow. So was that I, really
1: interesting? Because you had the cultural like that the, cultural influence growing up.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, and well, what she what she would watch because that my mom is one that got me into horror. Not, my dad oh. is was, wouldn't wouldn't even touch it. My mom watched that that's record. interesting and uh, she would watch these Mexican movies. That sometimes uh, it shouldn't have been a, a horror movie. It, it was like um, I don't know if you if you know who El Santo is. He's a these this old school Mexican wrestler, and in Mexico, this wrestler became like the superhero.
1: I think I do so know who you mean, actually. Yeah,
0: he's a big. He has a silver mask, and back in the day they would film him versus dracula versus frankenstein's monster versus the the monsters and then he eventually he would get additional uh, luchadors to be his sidekicks or his his partners fighting against these monsters and um or they would have like these uh this these uh on sunday mornings they would have these like game shows for kids and the and the host was this older man but he was playing like a a kid version of himself but he would appear in horror movies as a as a kid version fighting against these um against these uh these monsters so like that kind of like lead me into like oh you know horror movies don't have to be uh too bad but then i started watching some of the even scarier stuff that led me into so this was American like a
1: gateway stuff. drug for you yeah
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's a it's a big different for every single person who gets into into the genre. But but you have
1: and, I'm just thinking. So my my knowledge of Mexico is is not great, obviously. But um, you have Día de Muertos in yes. that's a holiday in Mexico, right? Which is all about day celebrating day, yeah. the dead. So you yeah. have that that and that's kind of a horror influence in your everyday life. If the whole country kind of celebrates that as a national holiday, so did you yeah, grow and, up with that
0: and. Even here in Texas, they they have this misconception that Dia de los Muertos is is uh, Mexican Halloween is what they call it, but right. no, uh, it's it's an official celebration of the people who have passed and oh. people who are in your family, you know. So yeah, you 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 they. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Coco. Uh,
1: no, I don't think the so. the Disney
0: movie. It that is a great representation of what oh. what it is. So. It's not usually my the genre that I that I lean towards. Like, you know, um, I like animation, but usually Disney movies. I'm already. I, I feel like some some of these movies. I'm already a little bit older for for what they're trying to. I guess the the audience, right?
1: No, I I totally agree with you because my heritage is Irish, and sometimes I cringe at the portrayals that I mm-hmm. see of Irish people on television. They seem to be always drunk, and they seem to be oh. always saying top of the morning to you and, and things which I can assure you people do not say uh, in Ireland. Um, so it is nice when you kind of see that they've taken the time to actually, you know, maybe talk to some Irish people or spend some time in the country or get it, you know, try try to do a bit of research and, and to portray it in a more realistic, as you said, respectful kind of way, because you can end up just being a stereotype. Um
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, is there anything that we may have jumped over that you want to make sure we... we...
1: No, I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, thank you so much for chatting to me. It, it has been... Well, you're very pleasant and it's very kind of you to talk to me at all, really. <laughs> so I'm always amazed oh, that anyone oh. wants to talk to me at all.
0: I'm, I'm all for reaching out to anyone who is in the... In the what's call it called in the horror in, in, like industry or niche or, you know, whatever, anything that has to do with horror. I love talking. To
1: thank you. And it's, it's kind of you, you know, to give a platform to people like me who are obviously kind of smaller, independent artists, because it's harder for us to reach audiences. So thank you.
0: Oh, my pleasure. And uh, do you have any, anything, uh, any social media that, that you would want people to? Uh, yeah, to, you
1: can, if, okay. if you're kind enough, I have an Instagram handle that people can follow.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, what is Thank it, and you. then I can put it in the in the description. Uh, it's below.
1: just oh, do you want me to type it? Hang on. It, well, it's, it's just my name. It's just Aviana Snow. Um, oh, okay. like at Aviana Snow.
0: Uh, and it's Instagram. Uh, anything else? Any other social media?
1: But, well, I have a Twitter, but to be honest, it's it's a bit dormant. I'm not very good at tweeting. I don't know what I can't uh, yeah, think I'm... of things to say. <laughs> it's
0: like I'm the same way. Usually, I'm just. Uh... I'm just there to see if anyone will message me.
1: Yeah, I end up kind of. I follow other people's Twitters more than I kind of tweet myself. Um,
0: Either that or sharing the episodes.
1: (laughs) And I like. uh, I think the thing with Instagram is it's kind of photo led, so I can just put a photo of myself. Like I put a photo of myself at Romford last night with my friends. But if I were tweeting, I don't know what I would say. Here I am with my friends. (laughs) Like it's you know it's not a sort of.
0: (laughs) I know. I I I actually have a. What's it called? Some sort of a uh, social anxiety.
1: Oh, uh, bless well, you! It's hard which, to always say the right thing, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. Now, a lot of people, because I consider myself an introvert, a lot of people say they don't believe me because I'm. They usually see me as a like a social butterfly. I'm like, no, no. no I mean, no, I'm, I'm an well. introvert as
1: well, but mm-hmm. it's part of my job is kind of going out there and making connections and talking to people. So yeah. I've kind of trained myself to do it. But yeah. um, it doesn't come that naturally to me in reality. Exactly.
0: No, I, I, I struggle. I struggle sometimes. Yeah. And what really got me means even to doing this is because I used to do, um, what's it called? Mm, about 10 years ago, I start, I got into karaoke.
1: Really? And, oh, you sing?
0: Um, yeah. Well, uh, I karaoke. I <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a distinction. And, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, um, I, I started doing it all the time. And I used to have to drink to be able to get the courage to get up there oh, and eventually really, no. I didn't have to do that and I was Good, doing a couple yeah. of songs, some a couple songs a, a night to do, to you know but then I would go back and hang out with my hang out with my friends and all that and then when I really when I stopped doing that um I met someone on online that was looking for someone to help him out with his podcast I'm like oh you okay. know what? I have some time I'll, I'll help you out and then it just let, it kind of just morphed into me doing my own podcast and I, I, for the longest time I was like man i really miss I really miss karaoke and for the longest time now now it's like i I don't miss it but because I'm doing this I feel like it's like that that um, evolution of, of me doing karaoke to, to doing this
1: No good for you and it's great to see that you, progress that's what it's mm-hmm. all about even if because you never reach perfection so I don't look for perfection I look for progress mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have I mean look at you now look at you now you used to struggle now you can do interviews
0: well no even even um at the beginning when i was trying to do interviews uh they're not the the greatest i I feel like we've only started really hitting our stride over the last because now we're this will be episode 99 oh my goodness
1: if i had held on one more interview i would have been 100 (laughs) oh my god i missed out by one dude
0: So we technically have more than 100 episodes, but during the, cause uh, like I said, about two years ago, three years ago, we started doing the, like this kind of episode where we started interviewing, um, creators and, and, and so forth. So we, we went, we stopped, not stopped, but we kind of started doing these parallel programming, I guess, with, uh, with horror creators. But then we started getting messages. Hey, can I talk about my thing on this? I'm like, well, what is it? Like, oh, that's not horror. So, I kind of started doing this additional set of program, I guess, episodes that are not, they're in the same feed as Nurturing the Crypt, but they're not technically Nurturing the Crypt um, episodes. They're-
1: oh, so, oh, okay. So, actually, yeah. technically, you are over a 100.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, technically, I don't but feel not officially. quite so bad now. <laughs> but no, I want to thank you very oh, much you. for breaking, taking your time honestly. out of the day to, to talk to me.
1: No, uh, it's honestly the pleasure is mine. Um, And I hope I wasn't too boring. Uh, I tried my best.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Actually, I'll be honest with you. This is probably going to be one of my easiest edits.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) Uh, good. (laughs) So
0: people don't don't get this sometimes, but um, editing actually takes way more time than it does. No, I know. (laughs) Well, it's, you
1: know, principal photography is very brief. The post-production and the editing takes sometimes a year and a half. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I know.
0: It usually takes about twice as long, minimum twice as long um, that you took to to um, to record to get this get ready for to come out.
1: <laughs> well, thank so. you. It's been a pleasure, and I hope you have a nice day because it's still the morning with you, isn't it? Oh yeah,
0: it's, right. uh, nine a.m. Yeah. <laughs> if you have anything else coming coming out soon, just let us know whether you come on to talk about it or just to let us know so we can we can. I um, will. Thank you. That's know. very
1: kind of you. Thank yeah. you.
0: Uh, and everyone thank you for joining us here again on nerve from the Crypt and just keep tuned because we're gonna keep we're gonna we're gonna not take as many breaks as we've have been taking so well, hopefully at least so just keep tuned We are gonna be working for that episode 100 and see what, what what we do and um we'll get with you all soon. thank you very much
1: Thanks um bye you to be friend.
0: Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crip Podcast